This episode of Local Knowledge is brought to you by TaylorMade. With their sights set on the PGA Championship, defending champion Colin Morikawa, number one in the world, Dustin Johnson, and the winner of the event last time it was played here, Rory McIlroy, are constantly driven to be better today than yesterday. You may not be competing for a major like them, but if you're also driven to improve, then welcome to Team TaylorMade. So to celebrate this week's major, use the promo code GOLFDIGEST, in all caps, G-O-L-F-D-I-G-E-S-T, for free shipping on TaylorMadeGolf.com. So I was able to sleep as great as I ever have on like any other night. Um, you know, I'm 24. I, I, I sleep pretty well. When Colin Morikawa stepped onto the 16th tee at TPC Harding Park on Sunday, August 9th, 2020, he was already a big deal inside the golf world. He was 23 years old, the former number one amateur in the world, already a two-time winner on the PGA Tour, number 12 in the world rankings, a super promising young player. And then he hit the shot that changed his life. Great line. Great shot. That could be the shot of this championship. If he makes that putt, he has a He made that putt. He took that two-shot lead with two holes remaining, and he won the PGA Championship. It was just his second ever start in a major, and the only other guys to win a PGA before turning 24, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy. And so Colin had been a professional golfer for just 14 months, and all of a sudden he's famous. A household name, not just among golf people. Now he's being talked about on TV and radio shows across the country, with non-golf people like Barstool Sports host and former NFL punter Pat McAfee saying stuff like this. Watching Morikawa play golf was fantastic. I don't think I've had that type of feeling watching somebody play golf for a long time. And it might have been back whenever I was a kid when Tiger showed up on the scene. Colin will defend his PGA Championship title this week at Kiowa's Ocean Course. It hasn't quite been a full year since his victory. Obviously, COVID kind of screwed with our timelines here, but it does feel like a natural time to revisit that life-changing week. We're going to focus not so much on the golf shots that Colin hit that day or what was going through his mind when he hit them. He's already talked about that a million times, and it's just not that interesting anymore. What we're more interested in is how life has changed in the 23 months since he turned pro. As a golfer, sure, but more so as a human. What's it like to become rich and famous at 23? To go from having everything sorted by your college coach to being the center of a multi-person business? How does it feel to sleep when you're in contention going into a major Sunday? To go from promising amateur to top five player in the world so quickly? And what's been different in the nine months since that tee shot on the 16th hole at TPC Harding Park? I'm Dan Rappaport and this is Local Knowledge. Today we're going to sit down with Colin Morikawa and talk about the human side of being a world-famous professional golfer. But first, and this will make my old journalism professors happy, let's clear something up. Everyone keeps pronouncing his name wrong. So maybe he's not that famous? We're kidding, but we're not kidding about the pronunciation part. It's not Morikawa. The way like Japanese last names are pronounced are, are really basic. They're, they're pretty much just pronounced the way you see them, but it's like you look at the vowels. So we look at vowels A-E-I-O-U, right? And Japanese and like people in Hawaii, they pronounce it A-E-I-O-U. So 
it's you know, obviously you have mo so mo mo ri so r i is more ri not mora so there's an i so more ri and then you have kawa so it's it's you're pronouncing every vowel the same it's just there's no mora it's mori kawa my final round at the pga championship the guy butchered my last name he like it wasn't even close to Morikawa. Like it was, I forget what it was. And I, I really wish I remember right now because it was so bad. I had to like stop and smile. But at that point it was like, okay, you know, what are you going to do? This is not the first time it's happened. Now that we've settled that it's Morikawa, let's rewind two years back to when Colin Morikawa was back at Cal Berkeley. Now Morikawa, the Cal superstar. Now what a finish as he is the 2019 Pac-12 individual champion. Bears. Four years at Cal has been amazing because I've been able to learn so much every single year. He turns pro a few weeks after that, signs with TaylorMade and Adidas. He's got his seven sponsors exemptions lined up, so he's going to get some shots at the PGA Tour. The expectations are high. The possibilities huge. There is no draft, so you don't you don't <laughs> you don't wake up the next day like being like, oh man. I just joined the the Dodgers, or I I just I'm on the Lakers now. You know, you don't sign, you don't really sign much. How do you start learning how to travel on your own? How do you get prepped for that? There's no full way, but you just have to mature in a sense when you're in college and realize that you're not going to be able to just show up at a tournament, have everything there, have the food there, have the hotel paid for, have cars ready, um, and that's where an agent comes in. Is that you know your agent will have everything set up for you, have everything ready. But you also have to remember that you're going to be the one driving the car. You're going to be the one checking in. You have to learn how to manage your career, but you can't let that learning curve impact your play. Professional golf is a meritocracy. If you don't play well, you won't last long. Being a stud amateur helps you get starts and endorsements for sure, but that's going to run dry if you don't play well. You, you see it every year. You see a guy that, or guys that are stout, you know, scouted to be the next whatever. Um, the next best player out there that's going to make a wave and, and change the entire game. Um, and then they never do. You see it every year, so there's no way to get around that. You can't block that out and say, oh, no, I've never heard of this guy. I've never seen this guy. Um, but I spent four years in college for a reason. I spent four years to fully get prepped, to fully get ready out here. Um, but even with all the prep, you know, you still have to believe in yourself. I sat down with Justin Thomas for dinner at the RBC Canadian Open. And he told me, look, if you've gotten here to where you're able to get all these starts, you have proven yourself and you, your golf game is going to be good enough. I don't know when it's going to be good enough. I don't know when it's, if, if your path is going to be tomorrow or if it's going to be five to 10 years, we don't know. But if you are good enough to start getting these starts, you've already proven yourself in the amateur ranks against everyone else. Um, you've got a lot of what it takes to get out here on the PGA Tour. And that really stuck with me. I get to the first hole in Canada and hit my tee shot. And to be honest, I don't even know where I hit it. I think it was fine. <laughs> um, but it was the most normal thing in the world. Like I, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't like, oh man, my, my dreams just came true. I was like, I want to win. After that dinner with JT and after that first tee shot, which was in the right rough, by the way, Colin finishes T14 in Canada and wins 125 grand. How's that for your first week out of college? 
He had also qualified for the U.S. Open the next week at Pebble Beach, and he took T35 there. I was able to come out, you know, before the rest of my class. So I, I was able to play the RBC Canadian Open and the U.S. Open before we kind of made our statement at the Travelers. Uh, we're joined by Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Justin Sub, and Matthew Wolf. This is the vaunted class of 2019. Wolf gets the winning started at the 3M Open, where he eagles the last hole to beat Colin by one. Then Colin starts winning two. He came into the week as the betting favorite locally at 10 to 1 odds, and Colin Morikawa lives up to the hype this week at the Barracuda Championship. 22 straight made cuts. Missed his first cut two weeks ago. Took a week off and straight back in the winner's circle. Colin Morikawa, second win on the PGA Tour. So Colin comes into the PGA as the number 12 player in the world. It's at TPC Harding Park, just a short cruise across the bay from his old college stomping grounds at Berkeley. But given how much the Bay Area guy storyline has been beaten into the ground, you'd have thought that Colin basically grew up there. No, we did not play there every single day. We did not practice there. Um, I played there, I want to say, around 10 times max. So we played there a few times through college in qualifying rounds. Stanford had hosted their event one year. So that's three rounds plus a practice round. Um, so, you know, 10 to 12 times max that I've played this golf course. I mean, that's enough times to get comfortable with it. We always were in the city. We always played a bunch of courses out there in the city. Um, but I'll be honest, if anyone's listening from Harding Park, like, you guys weren't really my favorite course in the city. I'm going to be honest. Like, it, it, they weren't. Now, yes, of course it's going to be one of my favorite courses. So you shoot 65 on Sunday to get into contention. I think you were two back going into Sunday. So what is that night like? How do you kill the time? Are you on your phone? Do you try to stay away from your phone? As normal as it gets. Um, what's really cool is that my girlfriend was out there, but she actually wasn't able to watch those first three rounds. So she, her best friend lives in San Francisco. So she was hanging out with her all day and she probably didn't even follow my scores. She just kind of, you know, just kind of went through the day and then realized, oh, okay, now we're in contention. It's a normal night. Um, so I'm pretty sure that Saturday night we had, I, I want to say we might've had outdoor dining at some like ramen spot. Um, and it was as normal as it gets. Like they don't care what I'm shooting. They don't care like that I might be near the lead in a major championship. They just want to go have dinner. And that's the best thing that I can ask for is that these people, and, and obviously she's become a great friend as well, um, that they can just get my mind off of golf, like just relax. And, you know, I wasn't stressing about, oh, this is a major championship. This is, you know, this might be my only shot in my lifetime that I might have a chance to win. Um, for me, it's just, okay, you know, this is my tournament. Let's go have a great rest and, and wake up and, and do it my best on Sunday and see what happens. Um, so I was able to sleep as great as I ever have on like any other night. Um, you know, I'm 24. I, I, I sleep pretty well. You make that sound so simple. Like, oh, it's just another golf tournament. I'm not worried about it. Just do my thing. Do you realize that not everyone can do that? Like, if I play a local qualifier for an amateur event, I'm shaking on the first tee. It's it's not as easy as you're making it sound. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's it's a some it's a skill. I wouldn't call it a talent. Um, but it's always been in me to where, you know, I, 
There's okay. So there's been one thing in my golf career, and, and maybe I'm lying, but as of recently, that I've lost sleep because I've been thinking about it so much, and that was me changing to my saw putting grip, which was you know two months ago. That's that's the only thing I've like kind of like I woke up and I was like, oh man, I'm ready to think about this putting grip. Like I, I couldn't go to sleep without thinking about it. I couldn't wake up. Like it was just, I I couldn't stay asleep. Um, but I sleep really well. And like, for me, the way I look at major championships are, they are another tournament, you know? And I think what I realized when I was heading into that week was, you know, yes, it's a major championship, but I'm playing against the same field that I've seen for the entire year. Right. It's not like there's guys that are coming to this tournament that I've never seen or have never played against. We just came from a WGC. You have the top 50 players in the world. Uh, and you're playing against them every single week. So what's different other than having the title of a major championship? If you have any local knowledge about the course for this week's major, you know that, number one, it's insanely long. So you need a ball that gets great carry off the tee. Number two, tricky greens mean you need a ball that gives you plenty of spin for your short game. And number three, you can lose a lot of balls, and that gets pricey, fast. And number four, Every Tour Pro teeing it up this week will be paying a urethane golf ball. So if you're looking to play a Tour-quality ball without paying a Tour-quality price, look no further than TaylorMade's Tour Response. It's a soft urethane ball that gets great carry off the tee and plenty of spin around the greens. Perfect for Kiowa and just about everywhere else. agent and my coach so they drove back to LA that Friday I think evening they text me I believe Saturday night saying oh we're gonna come out you know we can come out you know they gave them options to come out now that since I was in the top 10 I believe I was like why like I'm two shots off the lead there's eight guys within three shots and DJ's leading I was like you know okay sure if you you guys want to make a Five-hour drive at 3 o'clock in the morning, why not? 17 players within four shots of the lead as they sleep on it. You got past major champions. You got regional storylines, young sleepers. But as we said, they're all chasing Dustin Johnson. 24 total putts for DJ. You know, how do I go into late tee times? Uh, I try and sleep as much as I can, but I always find myself I wake up a lot earlier than I wish. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if you're able to, I'll go get breakfast outside, but I like to just relax in the room. Like I like to just do my stretches. I might give myself even an hour 15 to just start slowly getting up, getting my body warmed up, doing a bunch of stretching. Um, but I'm pretty sure for that Sunday, I might've turned on the coverage. I wasn't really quite sure. Um, but I just relaxed, like no stress. You just kind of wake up. It's like waking up on a on a weekend morning for guys that have just grinded from Monday through Wednesday, you just kind of like, you slowly get into the day. So I'm not waking up like pumping myself up like, oh man, let's let's go in, like, let's go do this thing. I'm just focused. And, and that's, a, there's a different sense of like getting yourself pumped up and getting yourself adrenaline and focused. So I've never been that focused in my life, ever. And I'm still trying to work. I mean, you, you've met my coach, Rick Sessinghouse. How do we tap into that? mental state that focus that I had those last nine holes and those really 18 holes um because you could have thrown anything at me and I would not know and normally at tournaments I know where like my agent my coach my girlfriend I know where they're standing I kind of know where they are that 16th hole 
I don't remember any person standing out there. And, and granted, there were no fans, but there were still volunteers that kind of left their stations at the at the end. It was, it was the end of the tournament, and they kind of gathered around that 18th or 16th hole. I don't remember a single person on that hole. So you win. Take me through exactly what happens next. And I, I don't mean like the next couple of days or the next weeks, but what happens literally right after you sink the final putt. You know, you have the trophy cer- ceremony, you have that presentation, that is awesome. Like, obviously I made that a mess by dropping the lid. Um, we don't need to talk about that either. I think we've talked about that enough. Oh boy. <laughs> Give it back to him, Seth. <laughs> so yes, I dropped the lid, you you know, you get the trophy. And then from there, it's like pictures, pictures, pictures. So you start taking pictures on the 18th green, you take pictures with all the superintendents, the volunteers, um, people of the PGA of America. You take pictures with, with my girlfriend, my coach, my caddy. Um, and then after that, you do a bunch of media and it's just media after media. So I was doing media until it was dark. And, and like you said, on the West coast, like we finished, we finished fairly early and it got dark. Yeah. We were, we were doing media in the dark. Um, at that point, I think it was probably, I want to say nine, maybe nine o'clock where I, you know, I've taken pictures, I've done media. So then, you you know, I headed up into the clubhouse. We had dinner. They, they had a bunch of food set out for me. We had some drinks. Um, pretty sure I had some wine out of a plastic uh, just cup, like a clear cup you see at like golf courses. Um, oh, super classy. I mean, it, it, was the be- it was one of the best meals I had because I, I do a really bad job about eating on the golf course. I chew a lot of gum. Um, especially in final rounds, I, I just like chewing on gum, keeps me relaxed. Um, so that day I had not eaten a single thing on the golf course. I had not eaten anything after I finished and I was starving. And then from there, I still had to clean up my locker room and there's guys inside the locker room, all the, all the volunteers ask, <laughs> and then they're all young guys. Right. And they look at me as a kid. They're like, Oh, come over here. Like take a shot, shotgun a beer with us. And like, you're tempted to, but you're also like, huh, I just won a major championship. Do people want to see me doing that? I'm sure there's a huge crowd that that says yes, but then there's also that crowd being like, huh, this is who he is. So I didn't, you know, I I made sure, you know, I I didn't. Um, Had to clean out my locker. And by that time, I think it was like 10 o'clock. Um, I'm like the only car out there. Everyone is pretty much gone. All the lights are off. Um, and you know, I was feeling good. So we headed over to my girlfriend's best friend's house and we hung out there for, you know, an hour or so and called it a night, flew out the next morning and, uh, we find ourselves back in Vegas. This week's ocean course is a bucket list round. It's hole 17. 182 yards over water from the middle tees, all carry. You knock it to three feet. You've just hit that one shot that'll keep you coming back, but why does it only have to be one shot? Why can't it be five or 10 or even 50 shots that keep you coming back? That was our inspiration when we designed the all-new tailor-made Sim 2 irons, engineered for more forgiveness and more distance more often, thanks to cat-back design. So put your local knowledge to use through better irons. The all-new Sim 2 irons from TaylorMade. 
You get back to Vegas, it's the same house you lived in before, but things are different now. They just are. You're a major champion at 23 years old. Was that hard to believe at all? Like, hard to stay grounded? I don't want this ego to come up and just because I want a tournament, just because I want a major that, you know, I feel entitled to, to do stuff. You know, I'm, I'm respecting other people. I respect everyone around me. Um, but for sure, you know, sometimes you have to step a line and, and you have to realize like the things I used to love doing, like I used to love going out to, to dinners and I, I love going out to eat. Like that's, that's a huge passion of mine is going out and trying these restaurants is that during these weeks now, I think every week that we have a tournament and I've gone out to a restaurant, I've been recognized. And I still believe like I, I wouldn't be recognized, but then they just look at me and like at the players, like we were at this barbecue spot with my agent, it was me and him. Um, and we're eating dinner and I, I felt like, oh, okay, man, this is fine. Like we're in this corner, no one's really looking. And then you get up and like these guys stand up and they're like, oh man, like we're such huge fans, like congrats. And I'm like, oh man, like people are really watching and listening to what, what I'm doing. I can confirm this firsthand. A month or so after Colin won the PGA, we had a cover shoot with him for Golf Digest. And midway through the shoot, a guy comes up to Colin and tells him what an inspiration he is. He's like 30 years old, this guy. Then he wants a picture. Then he starts talking about his music career. It was so incredibly cringe, like watching a car wreck in slow motion. And then, finally, he asks Colin for his phone number and to give him a shout-out on his Instagram page to promote his new album or something. And Colin was as nice as you could possibly be. He handled it like a pro, but I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, that's a tough existence. That has to get old. When you order a package or, like, you order food delivery, can you order that under your name? Yeah, I don't do it under my name. I do it under... I don't even know if I what name I should say I do it under. <laughs> I don't do it under my name when I order a package. Um, ordering food, I don't mind. Um, but I also like just throwing out random names. Um, so, so, to be honest, I might, I might use your name for the next time because it's a great name. Uh, I come up with some random names. When, I, when I'm making a reservation for dinner or I'm ordering food, uh, it gets really creative. I know you said you try not to feel different after winning a major, you don't want to let it get to your head, but did you feel a little different in your next start on the PGA Tour? Like, maybe a little more alpha energy, guys are looking at you more, or maybe the PGA Tour media staff is a little more deferential to you. Did you feel like your status had changed a little bit? A hundred percent, you know, and I, I don't think it was, at, I don't think that we kind of changed who I was. I, I think guys still knew, you know, at that point I had won twice, but I think after they saw that I win a couple times, they realized, okay, you know, this kid can play golf, whether he's going to turn out to be something great, we don't know, but he can at least play golf. And I think at, at that point, um, after winning in that playoff, it was like, oh man, okay, you know, this is someone we need to watch out for. Indeed they were. Here's Paul Casey after Harding Park. When he popped up on tour uh, not that long ago, I mean, we, those guys who were paying attention, like myself, knew that this was something special, and he's proved it today. Uh, well, he's already sort of proved it, but he's really stamped his authority of how good he is uh, today. After you win a major, it's, you know, you put yourself in a different category. And, and after, you know, Tiger and I hear Rory, um, those couple guys say, welcome to the club. Like, that, that means a lot. Right. Once you win a major, once you become a top 10 player in the world, now you're competition to these guys. You're, 
you're no longer the the cute young guy trying to find his wings and find his footing on the PGA Tour. Now it's like, okay, this kid keeps beating me every single week. Yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing. I think after so JT wasn't playing great one the first year I turned pro in 19. He he had like a little stretch of golf, and I, you know, not great for him is probably you know a few T35s. But he wasn't playing great for the first handful of golf. And I, I started playing really well. And I think we, we talked to, you know, our agent that we both know. And he's like, maybe I shouldn't have given him that advice. Because he wasn't playing well. And I was like, no, don't, like, don't worry. It's just a, a funny story now that I look back at it. Because, you know, you have to you have to watch out with what you give. You know, we're trying to beat every single person. And we're all nice trying to, you know, help out each other. But... At the end of the day, you know, how do you have that extra little edge over that next guy you're trying to beat on Sunday coming down the final stretch? I'm always struck by how many questions you guys have to answer. It's questions on questions on questions, and press conferences and conversations with idiots like me. And when you're playing around with a member at your club, I'm sure it's just a question fest. Does that get old? I don't mind it. Um... It is nice sometimes, I think, when you live and, you know, you don't have to answer so many questions, but that's just part of the life I'm going to live for the rest of my life, and I don't mind it at all. Sometimes, you know, when you, when you see a little kid and you answer a question for two minutes, you know, that might change their, their life on, on how they look at things. And that's the coolest thing is that um, at this point in my life, at 24, I have that impact, or, or I hope to have that impact on, on little kids or people and um it's a really humbling experience to just kind of realize like this is the position I'm at. I love where I'm at in life. Obviously I want to keep getting better. I want to keep building my name, my brand and everything. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Local Knowledge is produced by Greg Gottfried with editorial guidance from Sam Weinman. The music for today's episode is called Two in the Back, and it's by Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoyed today's episode or any other local knowledge, please remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, and also download the episode. Please remember to download the episode. It's a big help. Thanks, guys.